NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Welcome to NapaBroadcasting.com. In addition to our coverage of all the candidates running for various local offices, we're going to spend some time also talking about some of the measures, some of the propositions that are going to be on our June ballot. We're going to begin today by talking about Measure Y. And to talk about it, I am joined by Sharon Macklin, Joelle Gallagher, who are two of the major proponents of Measure Y. Thank you both for coming in. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Absolutely. Joelle, let's start with you. Why Measure Y? Tell our listeners a little bit who may not know what it is and what it's all about. Okay, great. Well, Measure Y will give us an opportunity to do several things in our community. Um, It will give us an opportunity to invest in kids and in our safety as a community, and we think that that's a very important thing to be focused on. Uh, Measure Y is is a quarter cent sales tax. And um, it will allow the county to do a couple of very, very important things. Number one is to build a new correctional facility. Um, I'm sure we'll get into more about that, but um, it's a very important uh, project that the county needs to do. And also will allow us to do investment in uh, kids and family programming uh, in order to do prevention work so that we actually will have less people in corrections in the future. Talk a little bit, either one of you, about how this came about. Originally, the county wanted to put some kind of a measure on the ballot. They originally talked about some other kind of tax, and then ultimately it became this quarter-cent sales tax to deal with the issue of building a new jail. Mm -hmm. It morphed into what is Measure Y, what you're talking about, which also involves the child component. How did that come about? How did these two things become linked together? Well, maybe I can respond to that. Uh, First of all, uh, the jail issue is uh, something that's imperative. Um, Our jail was hurt uh, beyond being fixed uh, during the earthquake. And we have been shipping our, um, not customers, offenders, (laughs) um, to another county and, and paying a real high price for that. Um, one of the major problems with doing that is other where they're being sent right now doesn't have any kind of re-entry programs. And Napa has, over the last probably five or six years, developed a really effective re-entry program. Um, you know, our, our uh, recidivism rate for people who have gone through the re-entry program is 15%, whereas statewide it's 62%. And that's in part why Napa has stayed as safe as it has. So the new jail, uh, which would be built um, across from the college, um, also has a separate facility for reentry programs. And the county already has the funding for that. So as people um, are getting ready, I think within six or nine months of when their release date, they would move into the reentry program and get services that they need to um, get reintegrated into the community and um, have mental health issues, uh, problems that can be dealt with, uh, family counseling, vocational education, all kinds of things, so that they're not just one day released without any ability of where to go. So in the meantime, uh, Joelle and a lot of the nonprofits have worked towards um, 
getting the Board of Supervisors and all the cities to uh, support the Children's Bill of Rights, which they did about a year, year and a half ago. And of course, everybody wants to provide services for children's for children. And so we, as a separate groups, had started to look at putting together a, a signature gathering campaign to put uh, funding, a continuous stream of funding for children on the November ballot. Um, and, you know, there's some interesting statistics uh, about children and if they get services they need when they're young, uh, you can actually see if they don't how many percentage-wise kids will end up either in jail or in uh, dropping out of high school, uh, that kind of thing. So as the supervisors started looking at these two separate issues, um, uh, they felt that um, for a variety of reasons, and I know we have a limited amount of time, so I won't go into too much of the details, but um, they felt that maybe there's a, a partnership there because when kids get uh, preschool and mental health support, family services, they'll, they'll be more productive throughout school and then as they become adults. So at first people said kids and jails, but you know when you start looking at it and kind of looking beyond the, your initial facts, um, you say, yeah, that makes sense. When we look at Measure Y, it was put on the ballot so that it would pass with 55% as a general fund, would, money would go into the general fund. How do we know that that money is going to be allocated for these children's programs you're talking about and for, for the jail, for that matter? Well, the county actually has a pretty good track record of doing what they say they're going to do with funds. Um, I mean, as you know, in order to do uh, a 50 plus one rather than a two thirds vote, it has to be general and they can't actually codify that, but they can do that as soon as it passes. And our expectation is that they will. And we've had conversations with them and, um, you know, in public hearing and, and um, with them separately and they have every intention and have stated publicly that that's what they want to do with the funds and they did something similar I think with the TOT around the parks um, in in the past and they have honored that agreement the entire time so we feel really confident that they will continue to uh, honor whatever they've agreed to uh -huh. in public and and they have so they have a good track record how does this break down in terms of the money that would go toward the percentage that would go towards the jail versus the percentage that would go towards the children's services? Well, um, first of all, this is a 10-year, has a 10-year sunset. Right. And uh, by that time, if this passes, the jail would be completely paid for the debt service. Um, what we understand is the county has a certain amount of money right now. They're expecting about another $20 million to go towards the correctional facility, um, which I believe they're looking at. So what, they'll have to million? borrow about, we'll have to borrow about $48 million. So the debt service on that is about five, $5.5 million a year. So a quarter cent sales tax is estimated to generate about $8 million a year. So we're expecting right off the bat to um, have a minimum of uh, two and a half million or so to invest in kids and families. Mm -hmm. 
Talk a little bit about some of the specific programs, Joelle, that would come about as a mm-hmm. result of this. So when we first started uh, bringing this sort of to the attention of the community and talking about what we wanted to do for kids, we did a poll to find out what the community felt were the um, you know, the, the most important issues for kids and families. And we heard sort of the same things that we, we all feel are very important that are, that are actually in, um, in the industry in terms of uh, serving families and kids. And those are things like um, childcare, preschool, um, mental health services for um, children and families, um, I'm, after I'm blanking school after school, programs. after school programs, job training programs, and also um, safety and, and child abuse prevention programming. So quite a few different uh, different types of programming, but all fairly prevention based. And so the thought is that once we have a children's fund, we will set up some kind of uh, citizens oversight committee that will be responsible for vetting uh, grant applications and then making grants to organizations that um, have programming in those areas. Right. So the idea would be to use the existing framework of nonprofits for these programs, Correct. not create new agencies, no. new organizations, new no. infrastructure. No, it's really about trying to scale the programs that work. So we have um, many great programs and services in the community, but we don't have. Um, enough capacity to meet the needs. So the idea is to really build capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, the county did a, a health survey. Um, what was that called? The community? Community health assessment. Right. That, community yeah. health <laughs> assessment. One of the statistics is that 40% of Napa County's children enter school without the early learning they need to succeed. And if you start looking at that, uh, that in addition to, I believe it's a little over 50% of kids are um, on uh, subsidized lunch programs. Um, You know, there's such a great opportunity here to help these families and kids have a better start. And that's what we're certainly hoping for. Talk a little bit more, Joelle, about the Citizens Committee that would exist to oversee where this money would go mm-hmm. and how that would be set up. So we have looked at this um, for quite some time uh, in terms of modeling this maybe after the San Francisco Children's Fund. There are children's funds uh, in the Bay Area. There will probably be several more after November because many counties and cities have this on the ballot. They're, they're using different funding mechanisms. But uh, the idea of, of doing a dedicated funding, funding stream for children and families um, has really caught on. And so this is happening around the state. So the way that the San Francisco has done this program since actually since the 90s when they first passed it is they created uh, a panel or a um, sort, of, sort of an oversight group basically that was appointed by different um, different entities so for example we could have um, a panel appointed some some members of which would be appointed by board of supervisors some by mayors um, possibly by NCOE at the school so that you would have a variety of people who actually have some experience with the programming um, sitting at the table and um, helping to make decisions about where the money actually goes so it wouldn't be sort of 
you know, just randomly the board of supervisors deciding where the money goes, but actually putting a lot of thought into what is having the best impact in the community and how can we continue to create that capacity so that we can impact more, Mm -hmm. more people. And how would that work under this plan? How would that work with the board of supervisors? Ultimately, the money is theirs to decide what to do with Exactly. So it would reside probably with Health and Human Services, and then the a panel would be appointed, and then the panel would probably um, most likely make a recommendation to the board, and the board would approve their recommendation. So they have some other um, funding uh, programs that are somewhat similar. Um, the Master Settlement Agreement comes to mind is right. one of them. So it could be fashioned uh, very similarly to something like that. Great. Well, thank you both so much for coming in and telling us about this so well, that thank people you. have a, a clearer understanding of what Measure Y is all about. Yeah, and hopefully Great. we've convinced you to support Measure <laughs> Y. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.